Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. I just want to start tonight just as your friend saying, I want to please God tonight and I want to please God tomorrow. And I want to please God next week and I want to please God the week after that. I want to please God next year, Sharon. I want to please God in 2030. And it doesn't come with me trying to impress Him. It comes with me having this absolute conviction that He is who He says He is. And that He can do what He says He can do. And that I will not take responsibility for what He said He will do. But I will take responsibility for what He wants and tells me to do. And so tonight, I want to I teach on the prophetic. Is that okay? Well, I hope it is because that's all I got. So if you, we're going to teach, and that's what Father's told me to do. I want to equip us. And I really want to lean in to prophetic fulfillment. In other words, what God says coming to pass. Because there's one thing that we know the prophetic, we know what God has said. It's a completely different thing that it actually comes to pass. There is a lot of people in church life, actually many not in church life anymore that were that are disappointed, disheartened, disillusioned because what God said did not come to pass. And then we blame God for not being faithful to His Word, all the while not realising that it is never, ever a limitation or a problem on God's part. So can I release some truth here tonight? That just is going to just take it And let's lean in and get to the end of this night with a sense of, you know what? I'm going to stand at 2030. And I am beyond, but I'm just going for 2030 right now, Dave. I'm going to stand at 2030. I'm going to stand with you guys. We're going to be celebrating that what God has declared over our life, over this church, over this nation has come to pass. And not just because God is faithful, because that's without question, but we have come into agreement and alignment and we've released from His eternal reality into our temple reality. So come on, pray with me and then I might dismiss Luke possibly. Father. I just pray in this holy moment and this wonderful time with the friends together as we, Lord, may we all get a picture right now just uh, sitting down with you where you download your heart, where you empower us with truth so that what you want to happen will come to pass. Breathe upon your word, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Luke, thank you, buddy. You come, uh, uh, don't get me wrong, it's very nice, but I, I need you to stop so I don't just, I got, I got some things to get through. Is that cool? We're going to talk about prophetic fulfillment, but before we do that, let me take a few minutes on the prophetic, because some of you know what it is, some of us don't. Um, the prophetic. Let me start here. The starting point for the prophetic that God has, and I've walked this for a long time now, but I love the fact that, you know, I said before, God's inexhaustible. Isn't that good, doctor? That there is never an end to the revelation that we can receive about this inexhaustible, limitless God. Come on, church. There's always more. 
And as one who's called to be a prophet, who's one who's lived in this space for decades now, I, I, I love the fact that he keeps on taking more and more layers off. He is a God that is this never-ending, unveiling and unwrapping more and more from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. And I love it. And so let me just, uh, if, you, if you know everything about the prophetic, just please lean in and allow God just to speak to you. And this is what I want to start with, that the starting point for the prophetic, this is just what I'm meditating on this year. The starting point for the prophetic is God knows best. I know that's just simple, but come on. It's, it's a good starting point because if he knows best, I, I, I'm realizing more and more that he knows me better than I know myself. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows that person that I'm speaking to or praying for, prophesying, he knows them a heck of a lot better than I know them. He knows what I need better than I know what I need. He knows. He knows best. And the reason they're so important on this, without faith it's impossible to please God, is do you trust the one who is speaking even more than the words that he is speaking? Do you trust the one who is speaking? I love what it says, and I might have said it here before in Hebrews 11, 11, where it says, when it's talking about Abraham and Sarah and the fact that God had promised them a child, even though they're as good as dead and past childbearing age. And they said that they believe that he who gave the promise was faithful. Their confidence was not in the promise, but in He who gave the promise. I trust the one who gave the promise because the promise doesn't make sense. Come on. When God declares some things over your life, you look at your present reality. And if you focus on your present reality, that you will disqualify yourself and step back and go, God, you don't know. And God knows best. When God called Jeremiah at a young age, God knew best. When God called Moses, even after he had fled into the wilderness, God God knew best. When God called Gideon hiding out, God knew best. When God called Peter, even after he had denied Jesus and said, come on, I've got a job for you to do, God knows best. God knows best. And the prophetic is God showing us, I just love this, what the future looks like from His eternal present perspective. God's showing us what the future looks like. Mm-mm-mm. From His eternal, His present perspective. You heard me say it this morning. You probably heard me say it last year. If you're around, you probably heard me say it the year before. If you're here next year, you'll probably hear me say it again then. But I want to tell you that our eternal God lives outside of time and He's in the future now. And when He speaks, it's not an airy, fairy, maybe, I hope so, but it's Him declaring what is eternally existing, that He gives us a picture so that we can walk towards His present eternal perspective and reality. You got to understand this, people. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. We've got from Genesis to Revelation in our present day, but God had before and He's got after all the time. God knows what He's doing. And God knows best and His best is my best. His best for me. Come on. He is best, come on. And even when this, His Word is a bit 
direct. It's only for my best. It's only ever for my best. I read the scripture this week, 2 Timothy 2.7. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And listen to this. Reflect on what I am saying. Paul writing to Timothy. I'm saying this to you right now. Reflect on what I am saying. For the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Let me tell you what I saw when I read that and I'm just meditating. That word reflect, reflect on what I'm saying. I feel this is what God wants to say to us today from His Word, what He said prophetically. Reflect on what I am saying. Reflect means consider. It means to exercise your mind. Sometimes we hear God's, what God says. Sometimes we read His Word and we just keep on going. And I think God is saying, would you exercise your mind right now? Would you actually stop and pause and start to lean in? But I love this. I love this. I don't have to try and work out what it means. Oh, I pray you get this. He says, for the Lord will give you insight into what is said. I don't have to, if I try to work it out, I'm going to muck this up. But it says insight literally means, watch this, a mental putting together. Isn't that nice? If I engage my mind and my spirit, my brain, my whole being, say, God, you've spoken, I want to start to lean in and not rush by. The Bible says that God is going to start to mentally put together His perspective and His perspective so that we can walk towards it. Isn't that nice? That's, that's a good word. God's going to put it together. You don't have to try to work it out. I said it this morning. We just need to walk it out with God. You don't need to know the end goal. You just need to know the next step. And God is going to unveil it as we go. So let me just talk about prophetic fulfillment for a little bit here tonight. Are you good? If you're thinking this is a bit, this is not just, you know, how do I do better in my job or how do I do better with my finances? This is a little bit deeper. Can I encourage you to be a people that go deeper and not just on the natural level, but say, God, if, if, if we are first and foremost spirit, if this is for, we are created by you for a purpose, let's lean into the deeper things of God. Let's lean into the deeper things of God. Fulfillment is the coming to pass of what God has said. How many people want that? How many people want that? And I'm not just call, talking about a thus saith the Lord from a prophet or from someone prophesying. The Bible is full of promises from God that are prophetic. He promises peace. How many people want that to come to pass in your life? Come on, don't make this airy-fairy. How many people want joy in your life? How many people want a sense of purpose and calling that, that you're just wandering through life aimlessly? How many people want to be strong on the inside? How many people want to overcome the enemy when he comes in like a flood? This is prophetic promise from God. And so I'm talking about prophetic fulfillment, not just prophecy. I'm talking about everything in the Bible that God has promised us. How do we step in to ensuring that it comes to pass in our lives? How do we step into the fulfillment of what God has said. We're going to go to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 2. I've really got one simple thing to say tonight. 
And I want us to lean in here. And I pray you're empowered. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 27. Now a man of God came to Eli. Eli was the priest at the time. Anyone heard of Samuel? Samuel, the guy who anointed David king, one of the prophets, and he served under Eli. Anyone remember the story when Samuel grew up and God called him and he goes running to Eli saying, you called me. He said, I didn't call you. And that happened a few times. And he says, if you hear it again, as God, go back and lie down and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Anyone know that story? This is in the, under Eli in the temple. And this is that Eli. And he had two sons called Hopney and Phineas. Don't recommend you name your children that um, today. But they were his sons. And they, 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 they were not good. They were not good. They were serving in the house of God, but they were desecrating the house of God. They were doing terrible things. I'm just giving you a bit of context. And so now we read in verse 27, Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, I really want you to lean in and see something here. This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your ancestors' family when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? Aren't you glad that God reveals himself to us even when we're in places of slavery and bondage? Come on, that's good news right there. Every single one, we were sinners. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And he revealed himself even when they're in Egypt under Pharaoh. That's good news. That's, I didn't intend to say that, but that's good news right there. If you're in a place where you feel confined and, and just in a fear and just slaved by fear, trapped by fear, if you're in a place where you feel dark and where you feel distant from God, you're in a perfect place for God to come and speak to you and reveal himself to you. Reach out. He says, while you're there, God spoke to you. And I chose your ancestor out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense and to wear an ephod in my presence. And I also gave your ancestors' family all the food offerings presented by the Israelites. What he's really clarifying here is I called you, I called your family, I appointed you. Come on, I prophetically declared some things over your family. Are you with me, church? And then he goes on in verse twenty. Nine, why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribe for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me? There's a challenge for us people. Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel? Therefore, in other words, why do you allow your sons to run around doing all these things that are just so unholy and so ungodly and you don't even correct them because you're, you're more concerned with them and your reputation with them than you are with honoring me? And I think there's a holy call on all of us to make sure we're not trying to appease and honor people more than we're honoring God. And the body of Christ right now is about appeasing people and making people happy. Can I just declare bold and loud is about honoring God. It's about honoring God. In fact, God has taken me to a scripture recently that if everything I am saying people agree with and like, then it's probably not God. It's probably not God. Jesus, he said things and not everyone accepted it. Not everyone accepted it because God is not, He doesn't come down just to pander to us where he, we are. He comes down to lift us up to a higher way. 
And in this context here, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. He's saying, man, when you were even a slaver, I came and I revealed myself. And I called you even in that time. And you were serving me, but then you started to defer to, you, you didn't actually correct your children because you were more focused on them than you were on honoring me. And then he says in verse 30, Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, watch this, watch this. I promised that members of your family would minister before me forever. How many people know there's a very clear prophetic word? Are you with me? I promised, this is God speaking. I promised that members of your family would minister before me forever. Thank you. Okay, yes, God got your word. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing this. God says, I promised this would happen. Now he says, not going to do it. Far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. What am I saying? Prophetic fulfillment. In this verse and in many others, it really makes clear the intention of prophetic declaration, not the guarantee. The, the prophetic, even though it's God in the future and we can't fully understand God's ways, let me give you a prophetic declaration from God in His Word. It is my will that none should perish. I don't want anyone to perish. I'm, I'm declaring it and releasing it. How many people know that some people do perish without knowing Jesus Christ? Is there a lack on God's part? Did He not mean it? He meant it. Is that His intention? Yes. Is it a guarantee? No. Because God never violates our free will. I, I need you to keep on going with me. This is going to become clearer. I want to declare this to you. He said this, I promise some will always serve in this. Now he's saying, no, because of what you're doing, hear me, church, because of what they're doing, I'm changing what I said. It's not going to happen. And too often, we don't step into prophetic fulfillment and we say, God, why? And I believe that many times the key is found in what we're just unlocking right now. We cannot claim a scripture or a prophetic word, and not walk in alignment with what releases it. That's the bottom line of what I want to say tonight. God has declared many things in His Word. Come on, let's take peace, for example. And He will give me a peace that passes understanding. How many people want to claim that prophetic word? I do. And we go, God, you said you give me peace, but I don't have peace. God, you, and we are feeding our minds on the worry. We're feeding our minds on what could go wrong. We're feeding our minds with negative conversations with people. We're getting up every morning and talking about how bad it is. And then we're saying, God, you said you're going to give me peace, and you're not giving me peace. And God says, can we please step back and have a look at not only the promise, but actually the conditions that release the promise. Come on. He says, he, the, the passage in there in Philippians 4 is about in everything give thanks. 
Come on, in everything, give thanks. It talks about praying always with all prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Come and present your requests to God. Come before Him with thanksgiving. Come and talk to Him about what's going on. He says, then the peace of God will guard your hearts. We don't talk to Him. We just talk about the problems. We stay in there. And then we say, God, what you said didn't come to pass. And God is saying, come on, I want what I said to come to pass in your life, but I need you to come into alignment and agreement with it. Why am I laboring this? Why am I going to labor this tonight? Because I am convinced that every one of you, God has plans, God has promises that He wants to celebrate with you. And He wants you to not get derailed and blame Him for something that we didn't partner with Him to release. Second Corinthians chapter one. Whoo. Second Corinthians one. I've quote verse twenty many times, but God took me on. I'm gonna read verse nineteen down to verse twenty-two. Father, I pray this will be illumination to our spirits in Jesus' name. Listen, listen, listen. Verse 19 in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and by Silas and by Timothy. Can I tell you, if you ever preach, make sure you preach Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which men can be saved. He is not one among many. He is the only way. He is the only truth. And He is the only life. I want to declare that is the truth. You know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's no longer accepted for us to water down truth to get people in the doors. It's time to preach Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen in the body of Christ? Come on. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, by Silas, by Timothy, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was not yes and no, but in, in, in Him it has always been yes. Uh, let me tell you what he's saying. Oh, no, I'm going to keep reading and come back. Verse 24, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. The promises are existing in Christ. And so through him, the amen, the letter B, the coming into agreement is now spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. There's good news. He makes us stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set a seal of ownership on us. And He put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Come on. Guaranteeing what is to come. Now let me unpack this and show you what Father showed me. Number one, God is always faithful to who He is. This is saying at the start in verse 19 that is not yes. Jesus Christ is not yes and no. He's always been yes. What is it saying? He has always been faithful to who He is. He has never lied. He is not the Son of Man that He should lie or change His mind. He does not wake up one morning and have a bad day and change His mind. Our God is reliable. He is the faithful God. Amen. He is the only one that is totally trustworthy. It says He's not yes and no. He's just yes. 
He says, yes. What is this talking about? He doesn't have an outward yes and an internal no. Sally preaches on this brilliantly. There's not an incongruence. We get ourselves in trouble when we think one thing and we say something different and there's conflict within ourselves. God's never been in conflict with Himself. He is not yes and no. He is yes. Are you with me? So God is always faithful to who He is. Number two is God is always faithful to provide what we need in Him. Everything we need is in Him. It says, for the promises of God, they are yes in Christ. They exist. What we need is in Christ. Can I hear an amen? He is faithful to who He is, but what we need is in Him. God's promises that are yes in Christ are eternally established They already exist. They always exist. Listen to the language. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. It doesn't say they will be yes. They are yes. They are yes. It's not that God will give peace from Him in the future, hopefully. No, in Him. He is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. The promises of God do not come from God. They exist in God and they're always there and they're always available. So God's promises, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They exist. They're there. Bang. They're there. Come on. They're there. And then he says, and so now through him, not through ourselves, Aren't you glad that nothing's through us? Come on, it's through Christ. 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 My strength is through Christ. My peace, my hope, my joy is through Christ. So through Him, the amen is spoken by us. Let me, let me say this. God's promises that are yes in Christ, they already eternally exist. But God's promises are only naturally manifest when the amen is spoken by us. It releases them from God's reality into our reality when we say yes. And this is not just a lip thing. This is a lip and a life. Yes. More people say yes out of their lips than they do with their lives. Can we get real? Many were saying that day, Lord, Lord, did we not? It's easy to say, Lord, Lord. It's easy to say, Lord, Lord, but the one who says, Lord, the evidence of him being Lord is those who do the will of my Father, not just say, Lord. And this coming, saying that promises of God are released from God's eternal reality into our reality is not when we just say yes with our lips, but we say yes with our lives. The things that you want God to release in your life from the Word and through the prophetic, God wants to give you. Are you with me, church? He wants, they exist, they're in Him. You need to understand, He's a, he's a loving Father, man. He wants to release it. I just feel His heart right now. Why doesn't God do it? Why doesn't God do it? What does He need us to come into agreement and alignment with His will through our lips and our lives? Prophetic fulfillment is only guaranteed when our lives and our lips come into alignment and agreement with what God has promised. 
In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. This is back in the same passage with Eli. After he said, I said this, but I'm not going to do it because of the way that you're living. Your lives and your lips have not come into agreement with what is available. He said, God said, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Listen, who will do according to what is in my heart and what is in my mind. This is God speaking. This is God's invitation and word to every one of you. I pray that you can look in the spirit and even look me in the eye right now. I want to say it from God to you. God is looking for a people who will do according to what is in his heart and in according to what is in his mind. The prophetic will be fulfilled in your life and in my life when my desire is not for me to do what I want and say, God bless it, but I want to do what is in his heart. I want to do what is in his mind. I want to come into agreement and alignment with what he authors. And I'm, I need to stop saying, God, would you come and bless my choices? But God, I want to know your will, your plan, your ways. God is looking for some people that truly surrender, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. A surrendering of a different will to God's will releases the promises of God. Did you hear me? A surrendering of my will when my will is different to God's will releases the promises of God. Let me say it again, and we're talking about this, I think, yesterday. When Jesus said in Luke twenty-two forty-two, before he went to the cross, when Jesus said, if it is possible, would you remove this cup from me? If it is possible, can I not go to the cross? Because the physical pain is going to be beyond what I can imagine and the sins of the world being put on me. Come on, come on. Jesus said to his father, can we do it a different way? And then he said these incredible words, yet not my will. What's he saying? Not what I want. Are you with me? I want to do what you want. And what Father has shown me is if Jesus in that moment wanted to do, he wanted to do what his Father wanted to do, then he wouldn't have said not what I want, but what you want. He only said that because what he wanted and what his Father wanted in that moment were different. Did that make sense? Sometimes we think, how can I have a different desire to God? And I've realized recently my focus has been on trying to remove any desire that is different to what God wants. How could I have that desire? How can I get rid of it? Jesus himself had a different desire and he didn't try to remove it. He just surrendered his desire to his father's desire and came under his authority and lordship. You want to step into prophetic fulfillment? Stop trying to change your desires. Just surrender your desires to His desires. Come on, this is the bottom line. I want to step into the fulfillment. But when He says, come on, love your neighbor, love your enemies, and I don't want to, but I say, God, you said it so I can't do it by myself, but would you help me? I forgive them. I release them to you, and I forgive those that I can't forgive by myself. 
I'm not getting rid of how I feel. Are you hearing me? I, I wish I could get rid of that so I can forgive. No, it's not a removing what you feel. It's a surrendering that to what God is requiring of us. Come on, come on, come on. If we're going to step into prophetic fulfillment, there are going to be many times where we have to say, not what I want, but what you want. Because what I want is different to what you want. Come on, if I want to know you more, then I need to surrender my desire to stay in bed to all hours. Come on. It's not that I stop desiring to stay in bed. It's that I actually surrender that and say, not what I want right now, but what you want right now. This is making sense. It's not removing the desires, it's surrendering the desires that will release us into prophetic fulfillment. Here's my bottom line. Now I'm going to wrap this up. Our service to God, however it might look, is to be in alignment with what is in God's heart and mind, not simply what we want. Not my will, but yours be done. I, I want to get to the end of my days and hear like Paul in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Second Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. Come on, church, I have fought the good fight. Anyone want to fight the good fight? You and I don't want to fight. You will fight. Every person will fight. You will fight. The choice is just will you fight the good fight or the bad fight? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do war, wrestle against principalities and powers. I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race the race come on college students it's about the, the, the what is it running your lane your lane is not the lane of your choosing it's the, the lane of God's assignment it's the lane of God's assignment he has prepared good works in advance it is time for us to surrender our, if we're going to come into prophetic fulfillment, we need to make sure that God's authoring the lane and the race and the journey and the pace. If God's not authoring it, He doesn't need to answer it. He doesn't need to fulfill it. If God authors it, then I want to come into agreement. And many times it's simply a surrender of what I want. Young people, you're going to have so many opportunities to choose God's way or your way, God's way or the world's way. But if you, and you can choose, you can choose. But if you choose the world's way, if you choose your way and you know it's different to God's way, please, I'm begging you, don't make the choice and then blame God for why life is crap. I'm just going to be honest with you. Too many times, older people, we are the same. We are blaming God continually for our choices that are outside of what we know are His will. But God, you could have protected me. He goes, I did protect you. I gave you a book full of loving instructions that will keep you free from the consequences you don't want. But you keep on choosing your way and then blaming me. I want to tell you, I'm going to be standing at 2030 and I want to be saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. Come on. And it's not going to happen because I never wanted to do something wrong. 
It's not going to happen because life was so easy and I floated through. And I pity you mere mortals. No, it's because I'm making a decision right here, right now with you. I'm going to ask if anyone wants to join me. That I want to step into prophetic fulfillment of God's promises that his word is full of. And so I want to say, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And if I stumble and fall, which I will at times, and so will you, I'm going to get up and go again. Anyone else? Come on, we've got to, we've got to keep on doing that. I have kept the faith. Interesting parallel between that and is it John 14 when Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I am the way, the truth, the life. There's not many ways, is there? There's not many truth. And Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Do you see the connection? What This is, this is a statement of Paul and a statement of Jesus when he says, I am the way, the truth, and life. This is absolutes. It's not one of many ways. I'm not a way. I'm not a truth. I'm not a life. Can I declare to you, there is not a fight, a race, a faith. You, cho- you choose which one. Any faith will do. As long as you believe in a God, it doesn't matter. No, I have kept the faith. There is only one faith and it's in Jesus Christ. But there is only one race. It's not my choosing, your choosing, my parents choosing. Come on, what does God want me to do with this life that is a gift from Him? Come on, people. Prophetic fulfillment is only in alignment with something He offers. But then I want to bring my life into agreement. And then it says in verse 8 of that 2 Timothy 4, Because I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race and I kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. Come on. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day when He comes again. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. What action? Does God want you to take today in order to release His promises into your reality? Would you close your eyes with me? Every eye closed. I feel God just talking to me. I feel Him saying right now, that you need to stop trying to work it all out, fix the other person, the problem, fix what's going on. I'm not saying that we don't need to give our attention to things. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. But right now in this holy moment, it's you and God. And the word of the Lord to you is God wants to release His promises over your life. He wants to release all His goodness and His favor. He has a good plan and a good purpose. It might not always be easy. Don't confuse good and easy, please. We talked about that this morning. I love the fact that the Apostle Paul and Peter and 
so many others. They fulfill God's plan, God's purpose, even though they found themselves in prison and rejected and beaten. The fulfillment is not connected to the ease. It's connected to the surrender and the Lordship. I wonder if there's any people in this room tonight that do want to step into the fulfillment of what God has said and promised over you as a church, over you as a people, over you as an individual. What God has said through people, through the prophetic, what God has said through His Word. I've, I just see in the Spirit right now that some of you, us need to shift the focus even right now in this moment to other people and just bring it back to you and God. God, I can't fix and control all these things, but I can. I can finish the race that you've given me to run. I can keep the faith. I can fight the good fight. I can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You are not responsible to do what God has called someone else to do. I am not responsible to do what God has called you to do. You are not responsible to do what God has called me to do. But I am responsible to do what God has called me to do. And full circle back to the beginning of the session. This time together, it's in the quiet place, it's in the secret place, it's in the time with God that God whispers and God reveals. He wants the intimacy and from the intimacy with Him, He will speak some things He wants us to do. Will you be a person of intimacy with God? Will you be a person that hears what He wants you to do? And will you be a person that your lives and your lips come into agreement and alignment as we surrender and say, God, in the times when I want something different, I want to say, not my will, but yours be done. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Yes, I surrender all. We surrender everything to you. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.